let's turn to the Word of God this morning. I want to kind of set us up talking about really this whole time of year that we find ourselves in. This, you know, end of one calendar year, start of a new calendar year, uh, finds a lot of people, myself included, me and Malia, we're, we're very kind of into this, I guess, if you will. Um, we get kind of reflective towards the end of a calendar year, right? We, we think about the things that have taken place over 2022, what changes has ha- have happened in our lives. And, you know, with a new baby being born, that's, that's a big change in, in a year. And so we thought about those things. We thought about how we've grown as individuals, how maybe there's some areas we wanted to grow more in that that didn't quite happen. So, you know, we got to try a little harder or reevaluate some things. And, and that's not just a time of reflection for us. It leads to this time of, of looking forward to the future, right? And so we, we start making plans and we start uh, writing out notes and checking the calendar. Okay, what do we want to make sure we get on there at the start of the year so other things don't crowd it out? What are the goals we want to have? Maybe maybe some of you are like that as well. This is certainly true for us. And uh, true to the point that during this last week, um, we, we made a, our family made a quick overnight trip down to Columbia. And uh, I wanted to visit Nicole's mom in the hospital and get a chance to pray with her. And thankfully, she's home. We prayed for her last week. Um, she did not have the surgery that they were planning because she, she'd shown some improvement. And so we just want to continue to pray for her, that the Lord would heal her. So please keep her in your, in your prayers this week and that the Lord would be with her and be with the family. You know, nine days, 10 days in the hospital, that's a, that's a long stretch, right? And, and so some just, just rest and recovery for them would be would be great. But we went down to, to Columbia, and I, I went over to the hospital, and then we, we got, I got back from that, and Paul and Cindy said, hey, we'd uh, be happy to watch the kids if you guys want to go have a little date. And we're like, well, this would be great. You know, what a, what a better way to end the year. We'll go out. So we got to this little Thai-Burmese uh, food place, and we ate dinner, and then, because we're kind of nerds, we went downtown and walked through used bookstores, and we're looking at books and everything, and then, and then we did get a little ice cream after that, and then we thought, you know, it'd be really great to end the year. Let's go to an office supply store and get some journal items and a calendar to get ready for the new year. And so that was the big capstone to our date night was uh, going to Staples. It was awesome. Um, So that's what we do because it's fun for us to reflect on the previous year and then plan for this upcoming year and try to get organized and try to prioritize things in our lives. Because here's the funny thing about being a human. It's It's an ironic maxim, but it's true. Change is a constant right? I mean, it's true. No matter who we are, no matter what we do, no matter what we wish would happen, the reality is things do change. Always. I mean, if you just look at some of your old photos, I don't know if anyone looked at photos from like this time last year or a couple years ago, and you're like, oh man, I've, I've changed personally, right? Like I, I saw some old wedding photos that had popped up in a memory feed or something somewhere, and I'm like, wow, I looked really young <laughs> back then, you know, and I had shaved off the beard and, you know, the whole deal. And I'm like, yeah, there's change that takes place. It's true for all of us. Time goes forward. We all get affected by, the, by change. And when you pause to reflect, when you look back, you can start to see how much change has taken place. You can see it over the course of a year. Certainly, if you look back five years, 10 years, 20 years or more, you'll recognize just how much change has happened. So as we're at this time of year where many of us are thinking about changes, we're thinking about what's happened, and we're thinking about what we want to happen in this coming year, like, like anybody have that fitness or weight loss goal, right? You're supposed to start today, but you're thinking already, like, you got up this morning, you're like, well, Monday's a better day to start that, you know, so we'll just wait till tomorrow. Let's see what, let's see what treats we have out at church before I, you know, commit to that, right? So you have these goals, you have these ideas, and as we're thinking about changes, what I want us to do today is to think about God and how 
change relates to God and how different God is from you and I who are constantly facing change. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of pick up this, this uh, believe it or not, I consider it a series, how I've got it all broken out. Back in 2018, we, we did the first of a, of a sermon set that I kind of envisioned being our end of the year sermon every year. So in 2018, I preached a sermon on the same theme. 2019, I did that. 2020, uh, didn't work because I had COVID and I couldn't be here, so that was disappointing. And then last year in 2021, um, instead of jumping back to this topic, we, we uh, finished the year talking about the second advent of Christ. We ended our advent season saying, hey, Jesus is coming back. We want to be excited about that and how, how that gives us hope and how that can help us make the most of our holiday seasons, right? So what I'm doing today is coming back into, I guess, sermon number three of this series that, uh, Lord willing, will be like what I'm doing for the next like 10 years um, at the end of every year or the very start of it, as today is, is the first. And what we're going to talk about today is what we call, in theological terms, the attributes of God, the attributes of God. And that's really the, the theological way of saying who God is and what God is like as he's revealed himself to us in Scripture. And so today, the, the idea, the attribute of God I want us to focus on is the eternality of God, that God is eternal. And the title of the message is Eternality, Everlasting and Endless. Everlasting and Endless. I want us to think of those terms today. Back in 2018, when we started this series, I said the first set of things that we're going to look at about who God is in this type of sermon is what in, in theological terms we call his incommunicable attributes, which means the things that are part of who God is that make him different than everyone else. So they're, they're attributes that are only true. They're things that are only true of God. They are not true of you. They are not true of me. They are not true of anyone else that lives. They are true of God and God alone. And so in the very first sermon in 2018, we, we talked about how God is immutable, which is a, a theological term that has nothing to do with the button on your remote <laughs> that silences the sound. We're not saying God can't be silenced. What we're actually saying when we say God is immutable is we're saying God is unchanging. Immutability means unable to be changed. And this is, this is at the foundation of who God is, what makes him so different than you and I. You and I, we change all the time, right? But God does not change. James 1.17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, notice, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God does not change. God makes that clear in his own statements about himself. Malachi 3.6, God says, For I, the Lord, do not change. That's a big contrast in God versus us, right? As much as we want to fight change, as much as sometimes we want to hold on to the past, we want to do things the old way, we want everything to just remain the same, right? We talked about how Christmas can be that way, the nostalgia of, I just wish every year it was snowing and with the perfect gifts and, you know, everyone was happy. It's not like that. Change happens. In some years, we get snow and some years we don't. In some years, we got the perfect gifts and other years, we're like, okay, thanks so much, but, you know, I'm going to return stuff. You know, like, that's, that's what happens. Like, change happens to us, but not, not to God. He is, in the words of Hebrews 3.18, the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So we started there with that idea of God's immutability, his unchanging nature. And then at the end of 2019, the second sermon in this kind of set of sermons, we talked about another connected attribute of God, which is God's aseity. And we said in that year, that's a word I'm embedding none of you use in your regular vocabulary, and some of you had never even heard before, right? Aseity. It's not a word we typically use. It's a theological term that we use to simply mean God is self-existent and independent. What I mean by that is God does not depend, does not rely, does not need anything from you, from me, from anyone else. He exists in his own power. This is why Paul declares in Acts 17, 24, and 25, the God who made the world and everything in it, being the Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind, notice, life and breath and everything. What Paul is saying is, hey, the God of the Bible, the the true God who he went as a missionary to proclaim and, and spread the good news of, this God is not like you and me. He's not like the idols who look like human people. This God is the one who gives life and breath and everything to people. He is the one who is in and of himself the one true God, not dependent on us. He is self-existent. Jesus makes it clear to us in John chapter 5 verse 26 when he says, the Father has life in himself. He doesn't need anything else to give him life. You and I, we rely upon God. We are dependent upon God for our existence. We have life because God gives it to us. He's the one who gives us life and breath and everything. That means every breath that you have, every beat that your heart makes, the fact that you can wake up, the fact that you eat food and you drink water and you, you get some sunlight and you breathe in oxygen and all those things work together to give you energy and strength and the ability to live. All of that comes because God's giving it to you. And if he didn't, you wouldn't be here. You are dependent. I am dependent upon God for our existence. But God, he is self-existent. If nothing else existed, God still exists. Before everything else existed, God was. If God chose to remove everything out from all of creation, he would still be here. He is self-existent. He is independent. He alone possesses a saity. Now, this morning, I want us to continue off those, this idea of God being unchanging, this idea of God being self-existent, and I want us to talk about how the Bible reveals to us that God is eternal, and what does that mean for us, and how are these things all connected? What do we mean when we say God has eternality? We mean God is everlasting, and God is endless. Now, everlasting is a term that we can use to describe God, but not really much else that we know of in existence, right? Right? So let's, let's get an example. Let's think together about the season we are just kind of moving out of as we're heading into this new year. How many of you got some new things for Christmas? Everybody? Almost everybody got some new stuff for Christmas. Okay. Kids, particularly, you got some new toys probably for Christmas, right? Yes? Yes. My kids got some new toys. But here's what I want us to think about with toys and really with, with everything. Like in our house, a lot of the gifts between Malia and I uh, are things that don't last very long at all, right? Like I'm giving her dark chocolate and then all the dark chocolate's getting eaten. Like it's not, not very long lasting at all. I mean, it's appropriately long lasting. not saying she ate it all right away, but, but it's, not, it's not super long lasting. Very soon I will have to buy more dark chocolate for her. But even the other... <laughs> 
even the other things we get that aren't food-related things, they're not everlasting. They're not eternal, right? So let's talk about a couple of toys. Tobiah got some new Lego sets for, for Christmas because he, he loves Legos. Here's one of the sets. Oh, this is the box, actually. I thought about bringing the set over, but I'll just bring, I just brought the box. This is one of the sets he got for Christmas this year. It is called the Razor Crest. It has 1,023 pieces, like what, 204 steps, I think something like that. And my son opened this up, built the whole thing in less than two hours. Like, here's this big, great gift. And he's like, awesome, tears it open, boom, built the whole ship, you know? And thankfully, he's been running around playing with it. He's had a great time with it. But here's the thing. Even though Lego was made out of plastic, Legos last a long time, do you think that in 10 years, all 1,023 pieces of this set will still be together? I mean, I'm pretty confident this ship's not going to be assembled. I'm pretty sure, though, we're going to have lost a few pieces in 10 years, right, when Tobias heading off to college at that point. Well, think about 100 years from now. Will this set still be together? No. About 1,000 years from now. I don't even think the plastic will last that long, right? The, this set, as awesome as this is, this great thing that, that he got, it's not everlasting. It's not eternal. It's eventually, it's, it's not going to be together. In fact, this set will probably get replaced by another set. And if you've seen, you know, this is from the, the TV series The Mandalorian. If you've seen season two, you know that's got to get replaced somehow. But that's a whole other thing. Jason knows what I'm talking about. Max, Max on board. All the rest of you are like, whatever. <laughs> The reality is, that's not everlasting. That will be replaced. That's not just true of Legos, though. That's true of all kinds of things. One of Julia's gifts this year was this beautiful Elsa doll. Wonderful. But this Elsa doll is not going to be everlasting and eternal. You know why I know that? Because here is one of Julia's gifts from last year, which is also an Elsa doll. But you know what makes this Elsa doll better and to replace this Elsa doll is that this Elsa doll can do this. Oh, she, is she off? Oh, she turned her off because she had tucked her into bed. This Elsa doll, there's a button right here. This Elsa doll sings. So Elsa was turned off last night to go to bed. She had her nicely tucked in. And this morning when I came and took her out of the crib, I said, I'm going to take her to church. She said, why are you going to teach about Elsa? I said, just an illustration and we'll bring Elsa back home. This Elsa, though, replaced this Elsa. This Elsa is not everlasting. This Elsa lasted one year and now this Elsa is replaced by this Elsa. And my guess is in 10 years, neither Elsa is going to be in my house. They'll both be replaced by someone else, right? Not everlasting. And whether you believe this or not, at one point, I too was a kid, and the toys I got were not everlasting either. For Christmas, when I was 10 years old, I wanted the latest and greatest thing that had just hit the market, and I was so very excited for it. Let me show it to you and see if you can identify what this is from. Anybody, anybody get, know what, what this here belongs to? Not a Nintendo, nope. It's a PlayStation, and you know, anybody know which generation? One. Not one. This was actually a two. This was, this was PS2. This was the big thing. This is, this is a genuine. This isn't even knockoff brand. This is a Sony PS2 DualShock controller. This was top of the line back in its day. Even still have my uh, genuine PS2 uh, data card, right, with a whole eight megabits of memory <laughs> on this bad boy to store my saves on. I mean, that's... This, this was top of the line. But is this everlasting and eternal? I mean, I still have it, but you can't buy anything for it now, right? 
Like, this has been replaced. Nobody, nobody got a PS2 for Christmas, right? If you got a PlayStation, you got what generation of them? Anybody know? Five, yeah, we're in PS5. How do you know? You don't have one. <laughs> People talk about it at school. Yeah, that's true. This, though I wanted it so bad when I was 10 years old, it was the latest and the greatest, and I had told my parents, I'm going to play it forever. It's going to be great. You know, we need to replace the old system, which is what I wanted to do. I wanted to replace this. Anybody recognize one of these? Yeah. Now this, this was a Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Came out in 1991. This was, this was the good stuff that I grew up on. This is a small version of it because 30 years later, Nintendo's like, hey, you know that system that's, that it's dead for everybody who grew up playing it, right? It does, like, nobody has an original one that's working. You can't buy games, all that. Hey, let's capitalize on nostalgia and let's produce a new version of it. So they did. And me, I, I bought it so he could play Mario and all that kind of stuff. So Super Nintendo was replaced in my house eventually by a PS2. And then that gave way to all kinds of new systems. My point is nothing is everlasting, that we get, no matter how much we love it, no matter how much we paid for it, no matter how much fun and great it may be, from video game systems to Legos to dolls, they're not everlasting, right? Right. One person, right. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm not trying to be a downer, but, but parents, all of us know that in a year, our kids are going to want new things. In 10 years, the things we got them probably aren't going to be working. In a hundred years, I mean, they're going to be in a garbage pile somewhere or disintegrated. <laughs> and in a thousand years, I mean, forget about it. Nothing that we get in this life is eternal, is everlasting, is endless. But do you know what Psalm 90 says about God? I'll tell you what Psalm 90 says about God in verses 1 to 4. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever were you formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return man to dust. You say, return, O children of man. Notice this, verse 4. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch is in the night. So the, the, what the psalmist is saying here, this is Moses who writes Psalm 90. He says, in a thousand years, you know what will still be the same? God. Because he is everlasting. Nothing else will stay the same thousand years to thousand years except God. Because a thousand years to God, they're like a day. Or even less, he says here, a thousand years to God are just like a few hours that pass in the night for you and I. God's eternality means that God stands outside of time. You and I, were inside of time. Here's all of time, and we have a little place that we occupy inside of time. God's outside of time, and he looks at thousands of years like a day. They're nothing to him. Thousands of years to us is almost incomprehensible. We can't imagine what life will be like a thousand years from now. We can barely grasp what life was like a thousand years ago when we read about it. You and I are bound by time, but not God. He stands outside of it because he's eternal. He's the creator of it. 2 Peter 3.8 says the same thing. For with the Lord, one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. So what he's saying is God is outside of time, so it's never moving too fast for him. He's not like, oh man, I, I kind of looked away, and, and oh, things happened, and I missed it. And he's never moving too slow for God. He's never sitting back going, man, I really wish we'd get out of 2020 with the whole COVID thing. <laughs> like this year's dragging on forever for me. He, he is not like that. A, a day can pass like a thousand years to him. It can, it can be drawn out or a thousand years can feel like a day. He's outside of time. He's totally different than you and I. 
who are bound up with these successions of moments. That's how we experience our reality. But God is not like that. He's everlasting, and he is endless. And I love that term, everlasting for God. It's actually used quite a bit in the Bible, right? It's used 69 times throughout the Old and New Testaments. And for some of us, that's a term that when we hear the term God is everlasting or you are everlasting, God brings to mind certain passages of Scripture, Right? For me, one of the texts that comes to mind is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, where Isaiah is writing, the prophet is writing, and he writes these words, Have you not known or have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. What this text is saying is that God, because he's the everlasting God, he doesn't ever get tired. He ever doesn't ever get weary. He doesn't need to go take a nap. He doesn't ever change. He's eternal. And the text goes on to tell us God being eternal, God being everlasting is really good news for us because I'm sure many of you have heard these verses before. 29 to 31 says, for he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait upon Yahweh shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Right? That's a wonderful, amazing, incredible promise that's given to us based on what? The everlasting nature of God. And as we're thinking about change, we're thinking about the way uh, things pass and the way things fade away. When I read those last few verses there in Isaiah 40, I hear them set to music. Anybody else hear, anybody know uh, what song I might be thinking of? I'll tell you what song I'm thinking of. Here it is. That last part of that verse, to me, that's just, that's my man Ron Canoli singing on the 1992 album, Lift Him Up, the track We Will Wait, like number nine, I think, on that CD. Like, you talk about things that change and that don't last. I'm the only person in this room who thinks, I'm, I'm sure, that album was the best album of all time. Not a bad song on it. I listened to that album countless hours. I, it's, Malia gets kind of tired of it if I play it, because I know, I know every ad lib. I know every musical interlude, right? Like the flute starts playing, and I'm like, do, 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 and I'm doing it. And Ron Canoli, he's like, oh, Lord! And I'm like, oh, Lord! And, and, I mean, it's just, like, that's, that's my album. I know everything on it. I love it. Those words, to me, I can't read them without thinking of Ron Canoli singing them. But things change, and not a single one of you is still listening to that album, right? And in 100 years, nobody's even going to remember it. But in the text, the text tells us, hey, listen, this promise that God will give you strength when you wait on him, he'll renew you, he'll raise you up, that's true. And you can rely on that, not just Hebrew listeners who are getting this original message, but you today in 2023, right here, this promise is for you. God will give you strength. Why? Because he's everlasting. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. This promise he gives you is good for you as well. He's the everlasting God. He is eternal. He does not change. His might, his understanding, his power, his wisdom, his grace, they're all the same forever, perfectly, because God is eternal. It's good news for us that God is unchanging and eternal. Because we, creatures bound in time, affected by time moving forward, changing in so many different ways, getting better, sometimes getting worse, if we're honest. God's not like that. He has never changed. He is immutable, unchanging, and he is eternal, eternally the same. Who he is, his nature, his character, they're perfect. They always have been, and they always will be. 
God himself says in Revelation 1.8, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the beginning and the end, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. He's saying in the past, in the present, in the future, I am still the same. I will always be the same reliable, trustworthy, almighty God, greater than everyone else who ever has been or ever will be. To cite again his words from Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord, do not change. And Hebrews 3.18, he is the same yesterday, today, forever. That's good news for us. It's good news for you and me that as we enter into a new year, as we get ready for things we can't foresee coming, the, the things that we're planning, we're hoping, we want to make, make work, but we're bound up in time. So we're on day one looking forward to something we can't really know fully. It's good news for you and I today that God stands outside of time. That he's not looking ahead going, what's going to happen in 2023? What am I going to be able to do? What's going to happen? What am I going to have to respond to? He stands back outside of time and says, I know the future. I know what's to come, and I won't change. I will be the same. As my people go through these experiences, I will be there showing my love, showing my mercy, showing my grace, showing my power, showing my kindness, showing my healing. I remain the same. That is so good for us to know as we enter a new year. Some of us make a big deal, you know, about starting a new year, turning that calendar or for some of us, right, just watching the calendar turn over automatically on our phones because <laughs> we're not using a paper calendar, right? It can seem like a really big thing. How many of you guys stayed up last night to midnight watching ball drop? Some of you. Okay, some of you did. Pro tip for the parents, all major streaming services and YouTube have the ball drop pre-recorded. So you can say midnight, whatever time you want. <laughs> Click. I'm just saying. If you didn't know that, now you do. <laughs> Some people, though, put over a lot of stock in that moment, right? Like, it's a big deal to stay up and to, to watch the, the new year begin, and here we go because we're excited. It's 2023, and the moment that clock changes over, the moment it's a new year, we're like, I'm excited for what lies ahead, and everything that just took place over the last year, it's behind me. It's gone. But understand, for, for God last night, it was no big deal to God. There was no big watch party in heaven, you know? <laughs> God's eternal. He remains the same. He's not scared of the future, and he's not regretting the past. He remains the same. He's unaffected by time as it progresses because he is the everlasting one. And in 2023, we'll still find God to be perfect in power, perfect in might, perfect in love, perfect in mercy, perfect in grace, perfect in compassion, perfect in his kindness, and everything else that is who God is. Just as he has always been, he always will be because he is everlasting and endless. So his attributes are everlasting and endless. So if we go back to Psalm 90, as Moses gives this great contrast between who God is and his everlasting nature, and he talks about how you and I were fleeting and time for us is and we're like vapors in the wind and all these illustrations that we would get throughout the Bible, Psalm 90 gives us an incredible application point for you and I to take to heart as we look at God and his unchanging nature, his everlasting nature, his eternal nature, and we recognize we are not like him. We're finite. We are creatures bound in time. We are limited. And the application for us is this. In verse 12 of Psalm 90, he says, you and I should ask God for help with this prayer. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may have a heart of wisdom. 
When we look at God and we see his eternality, his unchanging, everlasting, endless nature, we should find great hope and peace and comfort, confidence as we put our faith in him. Because he's not scared of the new year. He knows what's coming. He's going to remain the same. He's going to be reliable. And as we think of him and realize, man, we're not like that. This new year may be scary. We thought 2020 was bad. 2023 could be worse. We don't know. None of us saw 2020 coming when we entered into that new year, right? We don't know what lies ahead. So as we recognize that, as we start a new year, we think about all these differences between us and God. You and I, instead of being fearful, instead of being detached, instead of not caring, we should respond to who God is by going to him and saying, Lord, help us understand how to best use the time you've given us. We don't know what lies ahead in this coming year. So help us to number our days so that we may live with wisdom and glorify you in the year to come. So I think it's good at the start of the year for us to make plans. I think it's good for us to evaluate where we are and to set some goals. And to those. I think those are good things because some of the changes that people will resolve to make at this time of year, right, really are good things and they are things we really need in our lives. Some of us need to start this new year with a lot more intentionality in our spiritual life. Begin to make prayer a priority. Begin to read the word every day. Commit that, okay, maybe it's not been true of me in the past, but, but this year, beginning this year, I, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be truly engaged in church every single week. I'm going to come and I'm going to receive and I'm going to grow and I'm going to press in. Maybe some of us need to set some goals like that for 2023. And this is a great time to do it. Today's a great time to do it. I would say the same thing if we were talking on July 1st. It's a great day to do it. Now's the time to begin to prioritize the Lord. Why? Because we have a limited number of days. This prayer says, teach us to number our days so that we may have a heart of wisdom. We have limited and rapidly decreasing lifespans here. We're not going to be on earth forever. Some of us need to realize that as we step into a new year. You're not everlasting. You don't have unlimited time to do whatever you want. You don't, you don't have the ability to just sit back and go, hey, I'm just going to live my life now and do all the things I want to do. And You know, I'll get, I'll get right with God later. I'll get serious about God later. Don't make that mistake. That's the path of a fool, the Bible tells us. The heart of wisdom, the wise person, recognizes, Lord, I have limited days. You're eternal. I am not. So help me live with worship of you right now in this moment, every moment, every day. So thankfully, God doesn't change. He's eternal, he's everlasting, he's endless. And he's here right now, which is good news for us. He's the same God who has promised to work in his people, who will hear the prayers of his people, who will respond to his people, who will, who will grow his people and fill them with his love and his kindness. Those things don't waver and don't change because he's the same God when he made the promise as he is today and as he will be throughout the years to come. He's not looking at 2022 and evaluating you and going, all right, I mean, how close are we going to be in 23? Like, did they, did they live up to the potential? Like, he's not wavering on that. He loves you. He's kind to you. He's unchanging towards you. And so today, he's inviting you to start this new year, to start this moment right now by responding to him and asking him to apply these things to our hearts, make us more ready for the days to come so that we could glorify him. This is a great gift that we have. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. They're going to lead us in a final song. And we're going to take a few minutes to respond to the Lord as we start this new year together here. There's no better way that I can think of to start a new year than to prayerfully and genuinely seek after God. 
Next week, we're going to talk about prayer more. We're going to have that week of prayer emphasis that'll, that'll run throughout the week, starting with that service next Sunday night at 6, and then all throughout the week, we'll have prayer points for you to focus on every day together. But right now, you have the opportunity in this place, this moment, to begin this new year responding to the Lord in prayer. The one who's always here for you, the one who's always kind to you, the one who always desires to grow you and be with you, So these altars, they're open as they always are. And let's take a few moments to ask the Lord to to work in us and grow us and change us however he needs to change us. Let's respond to God this morning as we start this new year together. Let's sing.